Welcome to the 61st episode of Solid Rock. I'm Nicole Blazik. Today is May 28th. Spring has finally sprung in Wisconsin. The flowers are blooming, the sun is out, and it is warm. It is such a blessing after a really, really cold winter. We just have finished school. My children are so excited to be on summer break, and so is mom. But I'm also preparing for the new school year, but that's the life of the teacher. So we're really excited. How are you guys doing? Are you at the end of your school year? I hope you're doing well. I know it's been a few weeks since my last podcast. Life has been really crazy, but crazy in a good way. God has been moving on behalf of Delphin in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Delphin is that boy that I saw in our partner orphanage who had that large bulging eye. God seared his name on my heart, and for the last few years, I've been able to build a relationship with him and his family. I was blessed to share the gospel with him, and he received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. We helped to care for him and his family. This past November, I was able to meet Delphin and his family. It was a dream come true. And when I came home, the Lord was prompting me to look more closely into the possibility of getting him more medical help. We found out that he has a cancerous tumor in his brain and that it's pushing out his eye. By God's grace, he has directed us to the best neurosurgeon in South Africa. Delphin has a surgery date of July 7th. We have been raising funds for his surgery, travel, visas, accommodations, and everything else. So that's what I've been up to the last few weeks. It can feel overwhelming at times, but God, I can feel weak but I know I'm not alone, that God is making a way and he's directing me. And I know that many of you have joined me on this journey. So I just really want to thank you so much. Please continue to keep this whole process in prayer as we need to raise funds to get the uh, continued uh, amount of money we need for his travel and visas and accommodations and then all the sort of incidentals that could happen during surgery. So thank you so much for partnering with us. I'm also really thankful for all the opportunities that the Lord has given me to share and encourage others in their walk with Jesus Christ. If you or anyone else you know is looking for a speaker for a women or youth event, I'd love to talk with them. They can contact me at nmblazzc at hotmail.com. Today, I am really honored to have Susan Perlman join me on the podcast. She is a first-generation Jewish believer in Jesus. She helped found Jews for Jesus which has served, which she has served in since 1973. They have centers in 12 countries and 16 cities around the globe. Their largest work is in Israel. Susan's main work is as Chief Partnership Officer for Jews for Jesus. She loves forging rela- partnerships and relationships with other missions, churches, and theological institutions who share a commitment to evangelism by working together. Susan is on many boards. She keeps really busy doing so many wonderful things, but her greatest love and greatest thing she loves to do is sharing the gospel with Jewish people one-on-one or with anyone else who needs to know about Jesus. Thank you, Susan, for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. Oh, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this podcast since the moment I met you, so I'm so honored. Thank you. Right. Well, this was easy to hook up. So it looks, yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Well, Susan, can you tell us a little bit about your life prior 
to having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, uh, Nicole, I, I grew up in a traditional Jewish home in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Uh, both my parents and both sets of grandparents are Jewish. Okay. Um, my um, my upbringing was very uh, ordinary for for New York Jewish. You know, I was not exactly um, an ultra orthodox Jew, but I wasn't secular either. Okay, um, we kept uh, a kosher home, which meant that we only ate the foods in the Bible that it said were okay for Jewish people to eat, mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, we um, observed the Sabbath. Um, my grandparents uh, on both sides uh, lived very close by. And, um, and so we would go over on Shabbat on uh, the Sabbath to one or the other's home for meals. And, you know, um, the way Sabbath is done is, you know, you don't do any ordinary work and, you know, you don't turn on a TV or um, write or do any of those things. Like, mm. they, they they sort of constitute work in a way. Yes. So, um, so it's a time of real rest. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was very proud of my Jewish heritage. And then um, when I turned 12, I had um, probably the most traumatic event of my life happen uh, to that point. And that was my dad who was um, healthy all of a sudden had a heart attack and died. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, Susan. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. But it, it actually had me at a very young age think about my own mortality, mm -hmm. life and death. You know, I think in, in this country, we don't, maybe more so now because of all the craziness going yeah. on. But we, you know, I didn't think so much of those things. You know, you, you live a, a life and and you get old and you have grandkids and you die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um, but I I started wondering, you know, what happens when you die? Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that's very traditional, Nicole, in Jewish um, religious Jewish homes is you have a seven day period of mourning when a loved one, a close loved one dies in which the immediate family all stay together in the house. And friends and family come and visit for those seven days mm. and, you know, share memories of the person who's deceased. Yes. Um, but also the, the, the family rabbi comes and our rabbi came and um, I asked him a, a very um, direct question. <laughs> I said, Rabbi, is my daddy in heaven? Wow. Um, and the rabbi said, well, you know, his memory will live on in the life you let lead, you know, and I yeah, heard yeah. him, but I said, that didn't really answer my question. Wow. That's amazing. I was a pretty precocious 12 year old. Yes. You're amazing. <laughs> so bold. And, Love it. and so the rabbi said, I said, is, and I asked again, and then the rabbi said, well, you know, we can't know for sure what lies beyond the grave. Um, um, and your dad was a good man. So I guess if there is a heaven, yeah, I'm sure he'd be there. 
But that really wasn't a satisfying answer to me. No, no. And, and it also had me, I mean, in the back of my mind for many years after that, thinking about, well, if the, a religious leader couldn't answer that question for me, maybe the Jewish religion itself wasn't mm-hmm. um, adequate. Yes. Now, that didn't mean I, I was rejecting being Jewish because being yeah. Jewish was more than a religion. For most Jewish people, it's, you know, it's, it's an identity, it's an mm-hmm. ethnic mm-hmm. uh, 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 experience. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's being part of a people, uh, being part of a history. Absolutely. So I was still, I celebrated the holidays. I still was very proud of being Jewish. Uh, but then um, when uh, I had, uh, just after college, I, uh, uh, and I, I went to school in New York City. I didn't leave my home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was uh, on my lunch hour from my job. I was working as a copywriter in an ad agency. And um, I met a Christian on a street corner. Um, and, uh, I have to say this, you know, most people maybe in different parts of the country don't realize it, but you can live in a very big urban place like New York, a very sophisticated yeah. city and never hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was true of me. I mean, I of course knew that there were Christians. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd seen, you know, movies like the greatest story ever told and things like that, but. I, I didn't really think of uh, Christianity as uh, a religion that had any connection to me as a Jew. Mm-hmm. And I met this guy. Um, he was walking down the street. He was wearing a button that said, smile, God loves you. Wow. And this mm-hmm. was at the height of what was then called the Jesus movement. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had read an article in uh, one of the main news magazines about the Jesus movement and how all this stuff was happening in California. And this guy had very blonde hair down to his shoulders and a guitar on his back. And <laughs> I figured, oh, he must be one of these California Jesus people. And so I asked him that. <laughs> wow. Are you a California Jesus person? <laughs> I, I'm just, I mean, I'm kind of a curious person. And I, and so I, I asked him, I said, are you one of those Jesus people? And he said, well, I guess you could say that. And I said, well, exactly. What is it that you guys believe? Mm-hmm. Now, wouldn't so many people who know the Lord love to have that happen to them, to have someone stop them and ask oh. them what they believe? <laughs> Greatest day ever. I would love that. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, he said, well, it's really noisy out here on the street, which it was. And there was a coffee shop nearby. And so he suggested we go in and, and he could tell me a little bit more about it. And, um, and so I said, well, I'm only on a lunch break and I don't have that much time, but I, I have time for a cup of coffee. And so we went in um, and, uh, and then he shared the gospel with me. And that was the first time I'd ever heard it. Um, And I listened, not out of spiritual curiosity, but just because I was a curious person. And it didn't hurt that he was kind of cute as well. (laughs) That never hurts, does it? No. 
<laughs> I'm being honest. That, there's no, I, we want honesty. I love that. He's cute. Uh, it doesn't hurt to listen. <laughs> and look. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I listened. And then I said, you know, I think I need to tell you something because you probably don't realize it, but I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. Now, I figured once I told him I was Jewish, that he would, um, you know, he would apologize. He would say, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you have your own religion. But when I said that I was Jewish, his response, oh, I think that's great. Well, I thought it was pretty good that I was Jewish, but I didn't understand. (laughs) And then he said, well, you know, my savior is a Jew. And the New Testament was written by Jews. Mm. I think I, you know, I intellectually knew both of those things to be true, but I never really put it together. Uh, and it turned out that he was um, a, a musician, a songwriter, singer, and uh, he was in New York from California doing some music concerts. Mm. And uh, uh, he invited me to come with him to a concert. Um, and, and it was being held in a church. And um, I remember my response to him was, oh, that's okay. I've been to your biggest church. You see, I had traveled the summer before to Europe. I went to Italy. I was in Rome and I visited the Vatican. So I figured I'd seen the biggest church they had. To I, I got it. Yep. And uh, yep. he said, no, I'm not inviting you to a building. I'm inviting mm. you to an experience. Wow. And, uh, and I, I think he could see I was a little uh, uneasy about going to a church. And he said to me, and, and listen, if you're uncomfortable, you don't have to stay, you know, but yeah. why not just come and check it out? So um, I did. Wow. And, and that was the start of my, my journey of faith. Wow. That was what we would definitely call a divine appointment. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, from a pin. But I just am as I'm hearing this, Susan, I see how God has given you, just like you said, this curiosity to ask questions and to be bold in those questions. And you're just like you did with the rabbi when your father mm-hmm. passed, you're like, that didn't answer my question. Now what what? And I'm gonna ask it again and I'm gonna ask it again. And that doesn't really suffice. And it didn't settle in your spirit. And God was just calling you and working in you and till you met this dear man with this Jesus button on there and is starting to bring that all together. That's amazing. Wow. Absolutely. God is so good. He is so good. And so, um, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was just, um, you know, like I said, right out of college and, uh, in my first, um, big job and, and, uh, and I, and I uh, came to faith in Jesus. Um, now, at that time, I thought I was the only Jew in the whole world who believed in Jesus. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that maybe felt like that. Because there really wasn't a Jews for Jesus organization uh, existing then. And I didn't know any other Jews who believed in Jesus. So well, how did you get to Jews for Jesus? How, how did that mission start and you get there? Okay, well, it was started by a man named Moish Rosen, mm-hmm. who was um, uh, involved in what's called the uh, Jewish missions for many, many years. He, he had uh, uh, worked in New York and then had moved to California because of the Jesus movement and the fact that so many young Jews in California were coming to faith in Jesus. 
And uh, so he wanted to be there where the movement was happening. Anyway, I met him through um, a, 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 a girl that I had had met in New York and she had told him about me and said, you know, she's somebody that should really be out with you in California. So Moish asked me to, you know, be in touch with him. And I called him on the phone and he was a stranger. I didn't know this guy. And, um, and, uh, but, you know, he said to me in the, and oh, and I, and I was very concerned about the cost back then. This was in the seventies, mm-hmm. a, a telephone call to California from New York was pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I, I, I only have, I can't afford to talk to you for more than three minutes. So I <laughs> felt like we could get everything into three minutes, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, give me your phone number. And when three minutes are up, I'll call you back. Perfect solution. And, uh, which I did. And, and then uh, he asked me this question that I'd been, a, at this point, I'd been a believer about a year and he said to me, and I was going to a local church. I was, you know, sharing my faith, you know, as I could. Um, and uh, he said, Susan, how, how do you see yourself serving God for the rest of your life? Wow. Well, no one had asked me that kind of question. Mm-hmm. I, I said, I do the best I can. You know, I share my faith wherever I can. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm faithful you know, to the church I attend. And he said, no, but I want you to really dream with me a minute. You know, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I said, well, I, I, I write, you know, advertising copy for a living, but I would love to be able to write things that glorify God. And I was directing an amateur children's theater group in, uh, in New York for block parties on the weekends and I said, I have a little bit of drama experience as well. I would love to like create some street theater that could be done on the streets of New York and, you know, and it would stop people and they would have questions and, you know, we'd be there to answer them. And he said, he paused for a second and he said, well, you know, Susan, you could do both of those things without us out here in California. Now, at the time, I didn't realize I was in, in a job interview. I just thought I was having this conversation with this guy on the phone in California. Oh, wow. And uh, um, I said, you're offering me um, a job? And he said, well, not exactly. He says, I can't pay you anything. <laughs> he said. Ministry. Yes. He said, but I can promise you this. If, if I have food on my table, you'll have food on your table. And if I have a roof over my head, you'll have a roof over your head. Mm. When you come. Mm. But that was the benefit package, you know. <laughs> yes. You can get shelter and food. Shelter. Yes, right. There you go. Okay. And, you know, and, and then, Nicole, this was just really a God thing because um, I found myself responding only... I couldn't believe my my lips were moving. My mouth was working that I was saying this to him because uh, I had just gotten promoted from junior copywriter to a full copywriter. I had an amazing rent control apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan at a great church, lots of friends. I mean, my life was going really well, really where it was going, really where I wanted it to go. And I said, well, 
I'd have to give my job two weeks notice. Wow. <laughs> You're like, how am I even answering that? And I couldn't believe I was saying that. And because um, I mean, I didn't have for like a moment's thought before I made this phone call that I would be doing anything other than staying in New York. And, and he, he said, well, uh, I'll see you in two weeks then. And he hung up the telephone. And I said, what did I just do? <laughs> what did I sign up for? Um, but I went into work the next morning and I gave my notice. And I told my roommates, you know, that we need to take me off of the lease on the apartment because I was going to be moving. I knew there would be no problem finding someone to take take it because it was such a great deal. And um, and I told my friends and my family and I said, I'm moving to San Francisco. <laughs> How did they react to that? How did your friends and family react to that? They were, they were shocked as 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 I was really <laughs> how am I even doing this yeah they they you know but uh, you know I said I and it was very funny because I went into my boss uh the next morning I remember you know and he was a very sweet kind of Irish Catholic man who um you know had given me my chance there and it promoted me and everything and I and I and I said I I have to tell you that I'm moving to California and I need to give you two weeks notice. And he said, but I just promoted you. Um, and why are you leaving? And then, you know, not really knowing how to explain it. I said, well, God told me to do this. <laughs> I understand. Sometimes you have to say that. And they're like, huh? What does and that so mean? He, I think he looked at me like I was a little like, you know, yep. didn't have all my screws together here <laughs> in my head. So, but it was what it, what it was, what it was. And I, and I came out and I, um, I worked as a volunteer at first because the Jews for Jesus organization itself didn't exist. I got a, um, in the founding, a, a part-time job as a, a, a waitress to pay the bills. And then, I created my own job description and was one of the the, the founders, the starters of the Jews for Jesus organization. That's astounding. Wow. Just, just, I, I just, you know, loving to listen from my point of view and just hearing God's hand work throughout your life. It, I can just, you know, when it's being laid out like this, I can just sit back and as I'm listening, I'm just absorbing this and hearing and seeing all of these God divine moments in your life and your obedience. I mean, you didn't even get to really think you just said, okay, I will. I'm going. And it's just like, I'm going, you moved across the United States by yourself to do something like this. It's absolutely astounding. God gave you such courage and um, boldness to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really do believe it was like the Holy spirit absolutely. that gave me. <laughs> absolutely. He gave me the courage uh, to 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 uh, to make that move because it you know I've, I'm you know from the world standpoint it there was no make... reason for me to leave. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Doesn't make any sense to the world. Exactly. Yeah, it really wouldn't. But you know, just I mean, think about it, Nicole. I mean, we have an opportunity to. Uh, I mean, I feel so like I feel so privileged, so honored to be able to have been in full time Christian work all these years. Um, yes. And, um, and to, to be able, you know, to, you know, 
to serve God this way. This is this is just special. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, it is. And uh, and uh, and I don't take it for granted <laughs> at all. It's, it's absolutely astounding, Susan. God is using you so much. And I want to talk about that part. How have you seen God work through Jews for Jesus? I'm sure since it's been years, you said many, many years, even just a couple of stories where you have seen God work, even some of your favorites. Okay, well, I can tell you a story that is sure. as recent as uh, this past month. Sounds fabulous. Um, I, I just got back, Nicole, from uh, Poland. Oh, uh, a few days ago. Oh, my goodness. And um, we have, um, you know, a very we've had a very strong work in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. uh, we have 19 missionaries uh, that have been there, though. Several are no longer in Ukraine. They're at least their families have moved to, to places of safety. But we still have a number of missionaries on on the ground there. And. Um, and part of what they're doing in in the country is um, is not only um, uh, preaching the gospel, which is what we always do, but uh, but taking care of some of the humanitarian needs of the of people who are you know obviously um, in in a very difficult place. Well, we had this one. Um, uh, of our our missionaries uh, got word about this woman who was a Holocaust survivor, um, ninety or ninety one years old, and uh, and she was uh, in dire straits and needed to be transported to get her out of the mm -hmm. the you know get her out of uh, the the fighting areas and. Mm -hmm. To a place of safety, and so um, one of our missionaries uh, got her and um, took her in a van um, all the way from Kiev uh, to the Polish border. On the way, he's talking to uh, some of our other workers who are in Poland, because while we haven't had to work in Poland because of the crisis there. We've taken some of our Russian and Ukrainian speaking staff from Israel and on a temporary basis planted them in Poland so that they could minister to the, the refugees. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so Anatoly gave Alex a call and he said, I've got this woman and um, and she's uh, you know she's she's a Holocaust survivor. She's she needs you know to be taken so the to all the way to Warsaw where the Israeli embassy embassy workers are so that she could get flown to Israel where she had a son living. Okay, mm -hmm. not a believer. Okay. So in the course of the of the uh, of the trip from Kiev to the Polish border. This woman prayed to receive the Lord. I mean, it was amazing. So, oh. so um, meanwhile, Alex is waiting on the other other end to receive her, and it's it is it's it's amazing. You can't imagine what it's like at the border. There's like thousands and thousands of people. To find somebody is so hard, and Alex finally sees her because. 
Anatoly had shown a, um, a photograph of her. See, Anatoly was staying on the Ukrainian side. So Alex on the other side was trying to find the woman. And he finally sees her and she's, she's being uh, escorted by these two policemen. And they're, they're not letting go of her. <coughs> and, and Alex says, no, she's with me. She's with me. <laughs> and and they're, they're not saying anything. And then he gets very smart. I, I think the Lord will probably forgive him for this. He says, Grandma, <laughs> Grandma. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just see You're my grandma. <laughs> Long lost grandma. And they let her, let her go to go to her grandson. Oh, and um, and so, so Alex uh, took her. And then drove her again. Well, first gave her a night's rest there in the Krakow area. And then drove her all the way to um, to Warsaw, where she eventually got on an airplane to Israel. Um, she's a brand new baby in the Lord. Um, some year, 91 years old. 91 years old. Oh, my goodness. And, um, and is now with our, our, our workers in Israel. So speechless. Oh, these, that, are, these are the kind of God things that happen. Oh, you know, that and, is beautiful. Mm. Um, you know, we have like, I mean, just, I mean, I have just so many wonderful stories over the years, of course. Um, uh, we've always had a, um, a, a real a love for um, ministering to students. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we have, uh, several very special outreaches um, uh, through coffee. We've set up a cafe right across from UCLA in Los Angeles. It's called the Upside Down Cafe. Love the name. Mm. And um, we have really good coffee and good internet. And we get interns to come in and we train them to be baristas Great idea. And uh, it's, uh, you know, and, and then and then we get to talk to, to Jewish people and, you know, who come in and, you know, want to want a good cup of coffee. Now, we don't charge for the, the coffee. We've made it like donation based. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting because the people who get the coffee really like the coffee because it's such a high quality so they leave a little donation mm -hmm. and it basically covers the maintenance of the coffee shop, you know, covers the cost of the coffee and, um, and so, and, and the operating of the equipment and so on. So, so it, it's a very, it's a, it's a very smart way of doing it. <laughs> it is a really smart way of doing it. I love that idea of just in that organic way of getting we're, we're here here's some coffee and we're going to just build those relationships and just get opportunities because everybody goes in if it's a great place you keep going back and you keep going back you right we, we call we call it a bruise for jesus I <laughs> love it oh, i love that idea that is phenomenal that is an excellent idea of way to minister to the students and people great idea right we, we're just starting one right now at nyu in new york city in greenwich village and we're praying that we get some help to uh, to fund one right near Tel Aviv University, because that's another area where there isn't they don't have good coffee near there. So 
that that gives us an end where students will come to us because there's, you know, we're the we're the game in town. Absolutely. Oh, that's an excellent idea. Excellent idea. I really love that. That's yeah. a beautiful history tool. So I have. So as you've been doing this through the years, have you ever experienced? I'm guessing you probably have some opposition from the Jewish people. Well, we find opposition from. You know, a lot of people like, uh, you know, our workers, for instance, in the former Soviet Union, they get opposition because they're Jews, yes, (laughs) as well as for being Christians. But we've certainly had our share of opposition from from some um, groups that have actually formed um, to combat Jews for Jesus. They're anti-missionary groups. And... um, you know, and they have their own, uh, you know, anti-Christian uh, literature and apologetics. And um, we have, um, I remember one time we were doing a, a music um, concert in a church um, in London. I was there and um, there were a number of Jewish seekers that were in the church. Well, this little group came of uh, anti-missionaries to protest out in front. And, um, and it looked like they might even actually come in and try and disrupt the, the actual, the, the actual meeting. So a few of us who were believers um, strategized and we went out and you know, you know those little uh, candies, those gummy bear things that you can yeah. chew on. You chew and you chew and you chew on them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we made ourselves to be kind of human gummy bears, and we let the anti-missionaries try and convince us about their case, knowing that they weren't going to convince us. Yes. But kept them busy for the entire service, and so they were too busy talking to people who they really weren't affecting instead of going in there and talking to the seekers that we were concerned would be upset and maybe leave. Sure. That's it. There's lots of different ways you can um, respond, you know, Um, obviously um, we have a lot of prayer going out for our ministry because of that kind of opposition. Um, And, uh, and, and yet I think today more so than ever, there is, there's been an openness on the part of Jewish people to at least have a dialogue. Um, part of it in this country has to do with the growing number of interfaith Jews. More than, um, I don't know if you know this, Nicole, but more than 58, 59% of Jews in America today marry non-Jews. I, I, I've observed that, but I didn't know the stats like you just shared. Right. And so th- their children, you know, com- coming from, a, you know, an interfaith home have, you know, have cousins and aunts and uncles that, you know, are from the, the two different groupings of people. You know, they may celebrate Hanukkah and also have a Christmas tree. You know, they may... Um, uh, have Passover and Easter egg hunts. It, it's, it's all kind of blended together. 
And so the the stigma of talking about Jesus is, is not the same as it was years ago. That's beautiful. I'm so glad for that. That's yeah, that's a big shift. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and the point is, oftentimes when when uh, young couples where they're Jewish and non-Jewish couples are are looking to um, start a family, they they start thinking about faith and how they're going to raise their kids. And many of them think of, oh, choose for Jesus. We should check that out and find out more. Because obviously, we have not given up our Jewish heritage and a lot of our Jewish traditions. But at the same time, Jesus is very central to our faith. Absolutely. Oh, that's excellent. I'm so happy that, yeah, that shift is happening and that openness to hear about Jesus. And just like you said, keep your, keep your tradition, but just an openness to what that is. Have you, have you seen, um, like, is there, like you said, the 50, was it 58%? Was that? Uh So have, so half, half, a little over half are, are having interfaith marriages. And then that rest, how about that other the rest of that bunch right there are they are like the people who have married another jewish you know spouse ha, have you seen them be as receptive um they have not so much like in the what's called the Haredi community that's the ultra orthodox because they're very they separate themselves from the rest of the jewish community they live you know in a closed community with one another but most jews live you know um among non-jews and they work among non-jews and so um you know the subject can come up and there is there is not this um kind of a um a a a mentality of let's close ranks because we're, we're we don't want to be um you know tempted by christianity it's it's there there's a much it's a much more open you know and people feel like you know we live in a pluralistic world and everybody should be able to believe what they want to believe and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff so mm-hmm. it, it ends it ends up that works to our benefit in some ways because um um i remember one time i um we had a campaign going on in San Francisco with um, uh, it was just a, an overall campaign. And there was a, a reasonable number of, um, uh, of, of homosexual gay people in San Francisco and, you know, homosexuals and lesbians. And so I went to the, the newspaper that they have as a specific paper and um, and I wanted to put an ad in it, um, an evangelistic ad. And it wasn't an ad to speak against the gay community or anything like that. It was an ad to speak positively about Jesus. Amen. And uh, and the, uh, the 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 manager of the advertising said, no, we can't take an ad from you. And I said, well, it seems a bit hypocritical because, you know, you have all kinds of freedom here to believe as you want and to express your beliefs and, and to live out your beliefs. And yet you're yes. saying I, that you don't want to take an ad from someone who has a different belief. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, actually the publisher of the, of the newspaper got involved 
eventually came back to me and he said, okay, we'll take your ad. <laughs> and, uh, and so we placed it and um, I didn't get too many responses, but uh, like two weeks later, he called and he said, uh, so do you want to put another ad in? And I said, uh, no, because we didn't get very good response. So it's not worth our funding another ad. But he was disappointed because, <laughs> you know, my check didn't bounce. So <laughs> they were thankful for that. But that is a great point. I'm glad that you made that point that you made. You know, you, you're having that freedom to live that out. What about my freedom? To yeah. have maybe a different viewpoint. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, it, you know, being a Jew for Jesus is something that actually is um, uh, is very helpful to people who are maybe um, even just uh, undecided and or uh, when it comes to faith matters because you know it, it's it seems like to some people an oxymoron it's like being a vegetarian for meat or something like that but. In, in, in actuality, it shows the fact that being for Jesus is not something you're born into necessarily. You know, you're not, um, you know, born uh, a Christian. I, I have a friend and he, he, he's, I always appreciate how he describes himself. When people ask, um, did you grow up a Christian? He'll say, um, I grew up in a Christ honoring home. And in that way, he's making the statement that, yeah, it's, it's not just a matter of being baptized. It's not just a matter of going to church, but it's, it's who Jesus is in your life. Absolutely. Well, yeah. well then, mm -hmm. I totally agree. I totally agree. I love that so much. Susan, can you tell us how can we partner with you and pray for you? Okay, well, first of all, um, uh, uh, you can go onto our website. Uh, there's just so much by way of resources there um, for people, you know, the stories of how of Jews who've come to faith in Jesus. There's, there's a whole article of 40 messianic prophecies and their fulfillment that's really downloaded well. Um, um, my, I think my whole testimony is up in an electronic, um, you know, uh, article called uh, "Lost to Life," and the 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 website is JewsForJesus.org. And then um, for those who would love to be, you know, prayer partners, um, I, you know, I send out a prayer prayer letter, and they can. Um, they can sign up for that by going onto our website. And if they put my name in Susan Perlman and sign up for our newsletter under my name and then put in the comment box, send, send your, send your prayer update. Um, I'll send it to them. They don't have to give a donation in order to sign up for the newsletter. It's, but it'll give them so much information. I mean, we're in 12 countries and, um, you know, what we're doing in Israel and Ukraine and uh, all around the world um, here in the United States. Um, it's pretty exciting. Um, uh, we, we just launched uh, about a year ago a, um, a, a shelter for women in Israel who are uh, trafficked. Yeah. Um, 
and we have uh, um, a, a, a mobile soup kitchen we, we have that goes around and, um, and we do um, just all kinds of very different innovative ministry. We're, we're reaching Israelis in London and um, doing um, really uh, amazing ministry in France with uh, 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 partnering with others uh, against anti-Semitism there. So there's a lot going on, and you can read about all of that in our newsletter, which is at JewsForJesus.org. It's, it's really easy to find. Wow, Susan. I, I No, I can just keep saying wow because I'm astounded at God and what he's done through you, what he is doing, the ministry opportunities, the way he's just um, expanding your boundaries. I, I would just love to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And for oh, this please, please, Nicole. I, I love that. I would love to. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you and we glorify you, King Jesus, that you are worthy of all honor, all glory, and all praise, Lord. We cannot thank you or praise you enough for how you work in each one of our lives. As I just am honored to have Susan share about how you have worked in her life, Lord Jesus, from this little girl who lost her father, Lord God, and just wondered, what is, what is, where, where does he go? What, what about eternity? And you just started to put that seed there, Lord, through something very difficult and hard and life-changing, Lord Jesus. Um, you started to work in her life and call you, to, call her to you, Lord Jesus. And then how you divinely gave her appointments and the work in her life, Lord, to hear a testimony and how you change a person's life and make them a new creation is one of my most favorite things to do. It encourages us. It um, sharpens us. It blesses us, Lord. So just thank you for the work that you're doing in Susan, Lord God. Thank you for her faithfulness and ministry for how many years, Lord Jesus. She's been in ministry for many, many, many years, and she continues to go on, Lord. That is a beautiful testament to you. Father God, give her sustaining grace. Give her strength. Give her wisdom. Give her discernment. Give her clarity, Lord God. Stamina to keep going. Thank you for her obedient heart, Lord Jesus, that wants to honor you and glorify you in any way you give her opportunities to speaking at Abundant Life, um, to sharing about the Passover, to all these innovative ideas and speaking in so many different places. Just, I, I'm just overwhelmed at the way that you creatively uh, reach people. Thank you, for, thank you, Father, for that, for how you reach people for the gospel so that they may know the one true Savior. We thank you, Jesus, for her heart um, that loves you and wants to honor you with everything that you give in her, Lord. We just praise you for her, Lord. We thank you for Jews, for Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, so much for this beautiful, beautiful ministry, Lord. It is just absolutely amazing and astounding and just a a way to reach people, Lord Jesus. And just like she said, just there's this shift in the culture right now that there is an openness to it. So it does, just like she said, works to her, works to the advantage. So we thank you for that, Father God. We pray for more and more people to come to know you as Lord and Savior. Even that beautiful grandma at 91 came to know you, Lord. That is such a rarity, but when the power of the Spirit works, Lord Jesus, and she heard the truth and she received you, we thank you, Father God, that it's never too late until we go home, Lord Jesus. So we just thank you, Father God, for all of these stories and all the ways you're working, Jesus. We thank you. We pray a covering and a blessing over Jews for Jesus, Lord God, that you would continue to use this ministry for your honor and glory and praise, Father God. And we just thank you for this time. And we just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will meet their needs. 
all of their needs, Lord Jesus, for you're so faithful. We love you and we praise you. And we thank you for all things in Jesus name. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Oh, thank you so much, Nicole. I'm honored. I'm honored and blessed by you. Really encouraged. Thank you so much for sharing it with everyone today. Okay. Well, goodbye, my friends. Uh, listen more to Nicole's podcast. She's great. <laughs> You're a blessing and a joy. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. My purpose is for you to come to know Jesus and to put your faith in him and for you to be encouraged in your walk with him. May we continue to stand on the solid rock until next time.